Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Bread and water is what we need and what we have in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and drink. He said, I am the bread of life. However we adorn our Christian faith, it rests in this most basic thing. Christ is all. Let's learn from him. Let's learn about him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. The command of God in the Old Testament was to utterly destroy the enemy, and it applies to the enemies of the flesh in our day and age, the ones that we Christians contend with on a daily basis. There's no strategy for slowly extracting sin from your life in God's Word. There is a spirit who brings to you a sword, and he says to you, swing away. And then there's a Savior who plunges you beneath his blood to wash away sin's defilement. God doesn't say slowly inch away from your sin. No, he says, flee every appearance of evil. The remedy of God is immediate and full, and it calls on our part for a full-blooded, immediate response. The command of God is utterly destroy. We read it in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 10. What you'll see first is that Paul establishes this wonderful truth of our salvation, this wonderful reality that the old inhabitant has been been put to death of the old man, that we've been given new life in Christ. And then in verse 5, he tells us how we're to give expression to this reality. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things that are above and not on things on the earth. For you are dead. That's your old man has been put to death. And your life is hid with Christ in God. You've been brought into his life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death in your body those things which are of the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God is coming upon the children of disobedience, and which you used to walk at some point in time when you lived in them, but now you've put off these things, anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, there it is. You've risen with Christ. Your old man has died in Christ. Now, in this unique position that you've gained, go out and put to death the deeds that are done in your flesh. What's the rule here again? It's utter destruction. Utterly destroy these things. Don't, don't suggest in somehow that I'll bring myself out of this slowly through considering the mitigating circumstances that cause them. So long as you look at the issues that plague your life and the sins that trouble your lives and those things that come back and insinuate you in your life from your past life when you weren't given to Christ, so long as you think and consider the mitigating reasons for the sinful conduct and patterns of your life, so long as you go about proposing careful treatment so that you don't go too hard on yourself, so that you don't somehow damage your own fragile self-esteem or psyche, so long as you determine a slow, compromising way out of your failures, 
there will be no advance in the holy battle of the Christian life. The strategy on your part has to be destruction, utter destruction of anything that raises itself against the rule of God in your life. No matter how feeble it may seem, no matter how tender or quivering or unthreatening it may seem at any moment, any impulse from your past way of life must be done away with. No matter how, if you hold it in just the right position, you might extract from it some view or some vision of some pleasing appearance or some positive memory in the midst of it all. You can even have some sentimental value in it. You can look at this thing that plagued your life and you see now that Christ has come and He has brought it to an end to such an extent that now it's just this whimpering little thing in the corner of your life and you leave it there as an expression that God has given you the power to domesticate that sin and hold it under control. But that's not what you're to do. You're to totally destroy it. Utterly destroy it. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, by the mouth of Samuel, God gives a command to Saul. The command was for Saul to go out against the Amalekite people who had resisted the nation of Israel when they were wandering through the wilderness, coming into the promised land. And that they were to utterly destroy, he was to utterly destroy all of the people of every age among the Amalekites. And he was to utterly destroy all of their possessions, all of their animals. And then he was to come before God after this battle had been completely carried out and this command had completely carried out. And Samuel would return and meet Saul before the people and offer sacrifices to God, praising him for the victory that he brought. Saul goes out, we're told that they utterly destroy the people, but it was read on, we discover, nah, they didn't utterly destroy everything. They kept some of the animals that were better conditioned alive. In fact, they only killed the sick animals and the hurting animals and diseased animals and imperfect animals. They kept the best ones for themselves. Then when Samuel arrives on the scene, Samuel's first word is, what is the sound of this bleeding that I hear? Why do I hear sheep in the background? Then we find out that Saul has not killed all the Amalekites either. We'll find out more of this later on. We'll see that he didn't do a thorough job as we read on, but we see at least at this point in time he's left one Amalekite alive, and it's Agag the king. And he's left Agag alive because Agag is a little trophy of his victory. Now Agag will be serving at his feet, and Agag can be one of his servants going around and fetching things for him, and Saul can gloat over the great victory that he had over the Amalekite people and... As a result, Samuel tells Saul because of his disobedience that God is going to tear the kingdom from him and he'll no longer be the king of Israel. And then Samuel calls for Saul to bring Agag before him. And we're told that Samuel takes a sword and hacks Agag to pieces. Utter destruction. Utter destruction. You can't hold on to some part of it as a little trophy. You can't keep some domesticated element of once controlled your life and say, well, I'll just keep a little of this to remind me of how God gave me victory in this area. And no. Utter destruction. Many of us are more ready for a slow progress of marginal improvements that would push us along just a little at a time. Oh, Lord, I'll do, I'll do that. Just step by step. We opt for a slow separation from the companionship of this world. We're even willing to clean the outside of the cup so that all can see the positive progress and movement that we're making in our lives, but we allow the inside of the cup to remain holding the savor of our own unique fleshly and sinful appetites. But this is not the way that the king commands your life. 
The spirit within you wants full rule as you present your bodies to him as a living sacrifice. And this is reasonable on his part. Where you may want to quiet the spirit's conviction down to a whisper, the Holy Spirit, folks, I guarantee you, prefers to shout his commands and his convictions to your heart. If, by the way, you've got areas of your life where now you don't feel much conviction whatsoever, you know, it's quieted down and God is just whispering, I think he's still shouting. I think you have your fingers in your ears. I think you've been too long living with your head under the pillow. The call is to go with sword in hand and let the Spirit command a life that ruthlessly cuts down the flesh with all of its sinful impulses. Here's the third thing that I want to point out to you. The third thing is this. See here that this command is beyond your power. You will betray yourself if you go unequipped with the Spirit of God to put to death these things in your life. If we could go back to that point in time in which he's giving this command to the people of Israel, we would see the ironic point of what he's saying. It would almost seem ridiculous to the point of humor because here were these individuals who had just been slaves. Their families and their fathers and their forefathers had been slaves for 400 years and they're going out among the Canaanites who had dwelled in seven different kingdoms and over those 400 years, the art of war had been what they'd perfected above everything else. They'd been battling and fighting with one another. They lived behind fortified walls and cities. They'd been long entrenched within that land. They had developed it and they had ruled and reigned as kings in that place. And here is this band of slaves that are told, go into that land and destroy them utterly. Wipe them out utterly. The Canaanites are forging their swords and their weaponry and the slaves, the former slaves are sharpening and whittling their sticks. You go and wipe them out utterly. You see how silly it is. Here are a group of individuals who had been domesticated to tread straw under their feet to make bricks to build monuments to other people's idols. And now they're being told to go out and tread under their feet the enemies of the Canaanite land and the promised land. They have no military weaponry, or if they do, it's few. They come against these well-armed and fortified cities. They come against a foe that is completely and utterly entrenched within the land. This is David and Goliath before David and Goliath. How is it possible that they could obey this command? How is it possible? It's almost a ridiculous command. Doesn't God know how I've struggled with this all my life? Deuteronomy 7 verses 1 and 2 again. Listen to it this way. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess... The Lord your God and has cast out the nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. When the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. They were to believe that God had delivered the enemy greater and mightier than themselves over into their hands. And in that belief, they were to move forward to conquer and to destroy. It's so important when coming against the impulses of sin in your life that you believe that Jesus has already put to death the old man. That he's dead and he was dealt with at the cross. It's so important that you believe and you know 
that no power can resist the power of the Spirit of God within you. And that He grants you the victory. To believe that God is greater than your sins. And God is greater than your failures. And God is greater than your selfish patterns. That signal and royal and express themselves on a regular basis within your own flesh. To believe it and claim it and go forward in the might of the Spirit of God alone to put to death through the Spirit the things that are done in your flesh. Don't go out with any confidence in yourself. Please don't think that you can control and regulate and domesticate these patterns of behavior that are unworthy of your king. You can't. They'll grow and they'll overtake you. And don't think that you have in yourself what it takes to deal the blow to end their activities in your life. Zacharias said it through the Spirit of God, not my might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. By Him alone. We sing a great song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in His strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. For you, O redeemed man or woman, born again of the Spirit of God, there is this promise. Every command of God taken up by faith has with it God's power to carry it forward to completion, even the command to put to death the deeds done in your flesh. Claim the promise, trust and obey. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until our next time, may God bless you.